0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the gospel lesson that you just heard read. Well, Sven and Lena lived in a place where in order for Junior to get to school, he had to go by an irrigation canal. And they were always concerned that that would be a danger. So they stressed to Junior, you are not to stop, you're not to play, you're not to swim in it, you're not to go near it. Well, one day Sven Junior was late coming home from school, his pants were muddy, his shirt was wet, he was carrying his shoes and his socks. And so Lena asked the logical question, were you playing in the canal? And Junior was ready for this. He says, "Uh, yes, but I, I fell into it accidentally. To which Lena said, you fell into it accidentally, how do you explain that your shoes and your socks are dry? And so thinking quickly he said, Well, I just barely had enough time to get them off before I hit the ground, or hit the water. (laughs) It's tough to admit when you're wrong, and when you've done something wrong. And isn't that the difficulty with repentance? To to repent is to acknowledge sins, to admit that we are not what we should be. And, And by nature, we have a difficult time doing that. And yet it's clear from our Lord, especially as we hear the text today, that this is what the Lord desires from us, that we repent of our sins. And so when we look at the Gospel lesson, the call of Matthew, we see here the picture of repentance. Matthew demonstrates what true repentance is, but we also see the lack of repentance on the part of the Pharisees. So we're going to go over the lesson verse by verse and take a look at repentance, be reminded what we are called to do and what the difficulty is. But what we're going to really see throughout this is the pursuit of God for his people. How he comes to call people to repentance that they may have life and salvation. So we go back to the text. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Again, as I said in the introduction, this is a picture of repentance. It's interesting, Matthew doesn't give hardly any details here, right? He just says it in a single verse. And our human mind wants to speculate. Well, did he know Matthew? Did Matthew know Jesus before? We want to know all the background questions. But that's not really productive. When we come across a passage like this within Scripture that is simple and straightforward, we know that what's recorded is what's important. And that's where our focus is. Matthew wants us to understand that he was a tax collector. He held a position that's associated with public sin. That he was one who was ostracized by his community, looked down upon as a thief and a traitor, who was pushed aside because he wants people to understand the love that Christ has for all people. That, That he would come after Matthew. This would be unheard of. That someone would come after a tax collector to invite them to be part? And that's exactly what the Lord did. He comes to Matthew personally and says to them, follow me. We see the heart of our Lord and the desire that all people be included in His kingdom. But notice also the response. And Matthew says it simply. He rose and followed Him. But, but really when we see this, we, we see the picture of repentance. The Lord comes to Matthew and Matthew follows. The idea of Him stepping away from the tax booth is the idea of putting behind Him the life of sin. Turning away from His sin and turning to Christ. Is that not the definition of repentance? To turn away from sin and to turn to Christ, to follow him and place our trust in him. And isn't that what the Lord calls for each of us? Our Lord is present today. Just as he came to Matthew, he is coming to you today. And he's calling upon you to recognize your sin and to follow him. It's real easy for us to give kind of lip service to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a sinner. But do you understand the seriousness of your sin? The depth of your sin. What your sin truly deserves. That's what the Lord calls upon us to do with true repentance. Is to recognize that our sin separates us from God. It separates us from one another. That it it needs to be paid for with death. He wants us to recognize the seriousness of it. And to turn to Christ. Because when we realize the seriousness of our sin. We see the depth and the love of Christ. And what he's saving us from. That he gives us life, he gives us salvation. A life and salvation we do not deserve. A, a life and eternity that belongs to us. We're to follow him and trust in him for all that we have and all that we are. So we go back to the text, verse 10. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. This is a beautiful picture of the fruits of Repentance. Matthew tells us that he he's called by Jesus, and then the next thing we know, he's at a banquet with Jesus and with other tax collectors. Certainly, Matthew was part of this. This is what God calls for in the Old Testament. We heard from John the Baptist, bring about fruit of repentance. The idea that the people were to repent of their sin and, and then to live a life that brings honor and glory to God, to live out their life of faith and of love And isn't that what's happening here? Matthew, who was an outsider, someone who was pushed aside, who knows what it's like to do that, to have Christ come and call him, don't you think he wanted others in his own situation to understand that? Doesn't he want other tax collectors and other public sinners to let them know that there's one who comes after us, there's one who loves us, there's one who calls us to life and to salvation? And so we have this banquet of Jesus meeting task collectors and sinners so that others might know the love of Christ. And, and notice, it's, it's just an invitation. It is the Lord that brings about the forgiveness. And so as we think about our own repentance, the, the Lord wants fruits of repentance. He wants us to live our life as we go away from this place that, that demonstrate a love for others and a call for others. And part of that fruit of repentance is, is sharing our faith with others. And we sometimes make this too complicated. We're worried about answering questions and giving explanations, like we've got to explain the Trinity or the, um, the human nature of Christ, the divine nature of Christ, and how that works together. No, we don't have to have all the answers. We can, like Matthew, invite others to meet Jesus. Because in the end, who brings about the conversion? Is it not the Lord? Is it not in the encounter with Christ that we are converted? Whether that encounter takes place in the word that is spoken and preached, or that encounter takes place in our baptism, it's the Lord who brings about faith. It's the Lord that brings about conversion. It's the Lord who's done that for us. It's the Lord that will do that for others. Our Lord calls upon us to invite others to the word, to the worship, to Bible class, so that they might meet Christ and so that in Christ, he might bring about a change. He might bring about repentance. We, we rely upon Him and we trust the power of His Word. And so we have this beautiful example of, of Matthew uh, and this, the fruit of repentance. But not everybody receives this well, right? If we go back to the text, and when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? We see a problem with the Pharisees. It's, in a way, it's really kind of a, a vision problem, right? What do they see when they see Matthew and other tax collectors? What do they see when they see public sinners? They see ones who are unclean. And they say anyone, see anyone who associated with them also as ones who are unclean. They don't see their need. They don't see their hurting. They don't see any of that. They, they see ones that they need to stay away from and to avoid. They don't see them as they are and as the Lord sees them. And there's a reason for this. It begins with their self-view. They didn't see the sin in themselves. They didn't see the need in themselves. They thought that they were ones who did what God desired and they thought they were right with God. And so thinking that they were right with God, they looked upon those who were, they saw as not right with God and set themselves above them. It's in their inability to to recognize their own sin and their inability to repent that that makes them unable to see people as they are and as God wants them to see. That's what sets them above. And this is the challenge for us. When you look out at the world, when you look at your co-workers, your fellow students, your neighbors, the people around, what do you see? Do you see people in need? Do you see people who are hurting? Do you see them through the eyes of Christ? This is a real challenge because our human nature doesn't want to see them that way. When we see others, we see how they dress, we see their skin color, we see how much money they have, we see their dialect, we see the, the tattoos, we see the piercings, we see their political party. We can go on and on with the whole list of all those things that we see. And the problem with that is many times, we make judgments, right, about those things that we like or those things that we don't like. And when we do that, are we not falling into the same trap as the Pharisees? Because we have this strange idea that because we love the Lord, whatever we like, God must like. Whatever we don't like, God must not like. But that's not really what the Scriptures say. That, that as we look at others, we need this recognize them as Christ does. And it gets back to our own self-evaluation. What do we see when we see ourselves? That we are to recognize ourselves as sinners in need of a saving God who loves us, who died for us, who rose for us. And when we do that, and when we humbly recognize the fullness of our sin, then we can't place ourselves above others, can we? And when we know the, the beautiful grace of God and we know the forgiveness that he has given, how can we not desire that for those that we see? The Lord opens our eyes to recognize others as ones who are in need and ones loved by our God. And we see them in that way. And that motivates us to reach out in love, in action and in word, and even affects how we think about them. This is what bringing about fruits of repentance really is, to recognize the fullness of what we have received and see that need in others as well. And this is what our Lord is getting across in the last couple verses here as we continue in verse 12, and when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus indeed is calling himself the physician, and he diagnoses the disease of the Pharisees, and he offers himself as healing. He quotes Hosea, calling upon the Pharisees, to repent. Just as he's come to, Mo, to Matthew to bring about repentance, he's coming to the Pharisees to bring about repentance. He's trying to get the cross to them that, that, that in their self-righteousness, they think they know what God desires. They thought that God wants their sacrifices, so they went through the motions. But the Lord is reminding them that the sacrifices were to be an outward sign of an inward repentance. God's great desire when they brought the sacrifice was for them to recognize that that the killing of the animal reminded them this is what sin brings. Sin brings death. And this is what they deserve. And they are to recognize the love of God that he would forgive us, forgive them. So, So it wasn't just about the slaying of an animal. It was about their repentance before God at that altar. And in that repentance, they were to go forth from the altar and to love their neighbor, especially those who are in need. That's what Jesus pointed out. That's what Hosea pointed out. That the Lord what desire was, was love, not sacrifice. That was more important, where the heart was. And we see the heart of our Lord, that, that He desires all people to come to repentance. And again, this is He offers to be the solution for the Pharisees, He is our solution today. As we gather here today, our Lord has come to us and reminded us of our sin, that we stand before Him Broken, and for, broken by our sinfulness. And yet, He's the answer. He's died for you. He's risen for you. He offers you today His forgiveness. You, you heard it announced earlier. And as the word is proclaimed today, Christ is here bringing you that forgiveness and changing your hearts. Bringing about repentance, a recognition of your sin and a love for the Lord and trusting in Him. And that enables us to go forward from this place. That that we go forward as Matthew did. That that we recognize the love of God is intended for all. And in this encounter of Christ, it opens our eyes to the needs of others. And that we show love and kindness to our neighbors, to our co-workers, to our family, to our friends. That, That as we have opportunity, we share the faith with them. We live out our life as ones who have been forgiven, following Christ, following His lead, following His direction and trusting and guided by His love. Again, I mentioned at the beginning that that repentance can be difficult. It's difficult to to admit uh, that we are wrong. But we also keep in mind that as we look at Matthew that it's the Lord who brings about repentance. That which the Lord calls you to do, the Lord brings out of you. He brings that out. He is present for you to recognize your sin and recognize Him as your Savior. And to realize that as you go forward each and every day, He goes with you. His name is placed upon you. You belong to Him. You are loved by Him. And that this love never ends. That He has won life for you now and eternally. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds to true faith, life everlasting.